Hello, and welcome to Veins of Gold, Finding God's Treasure in a Dirt-Covered World. This is a podcast from Mountain View Baptist Church in Thomaston, Georgia. Now, let's join Pastor Ryan Christopher as he digs into this week's program. Wow, we got one today I'm excited about. I'm excited about uh, uh, this uh, particular segment. Normally, we would uh, normally we would talk about the sermon from the week before. And today, as I was studying, I was looking at uh, you know the marks of a of a Christian. Uh, not preparing for any particular sermon, just uh, kind of looking over some of them, and and I got excited even studying about some of these marks of a Christian. You know, a lot of us will sit there and we'll say, "Look, you know, I, I wonder, you know, about you know Christianity as a whole, about the Christian faith. How do we know if we're um, believers? How do we know? I mean, I said a prayer when I was young, and and I just don't know. Well, look, I'm going to talk about a few of these markers uh, of you know a Christian, and talk about them because, um, and it's not all of them. It, it really isn't. Um, it, just to be honest with you, you could go on and on and on, but there are some things that are absolutely critical to to know your own self-reflection. This is not for you to be looking at other people and going, "Oh, I wonder I wonder if, you know, their faith is real. I wonder I wonder I wonder if what they believe is real." I mean, that's this is not for that. Now there's some things though. I mean, obviously Jesus even said they will know you if and and you'll be recognizable as my disciple if and that kind of thing. So that means other people are actually looking at you and it does happen. Um, but this is not necessarily for you to be looking at other people as it is really you reflecting on your own walk with Christ. Or is there work that has to be done in every one of our lives? Absolutely, friend. You better believe it, and especially in mine. Um, what's that? Uh, what's that uh, song? Is it, He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. Took him just a week to make the moon and stars, the sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. How loving and patient he must be because he's still working on me. And he works on me by prompting me through the Holy Spirit and conviction to work on certain areas of my life. And and for that, I am for that I'm so thankful, uh, and cannot wait till one day I get an opportunity to talk to him and tell him how, how thankful I am uh, that he does all and did all that he did for me, especially folks, especially the cross. So we're going to talk about today. If you believe, then what? You know, um, what are going to be some of those markers that indicate such a uh, that indicate such a, a position in Christ? Uh, and, and we'll talk about some things that Jesus said, and then we'll kind of you know expound on some things too, and hopefully get hopefully get through this stuff uh, to you know um, to today. All right. So if you believe, the first thing you know that I put on here um, is you know Jesus says in John chapter thirteen, I think it is. He says he says you will um, you'll be recognized by the world, recognized by other Christians even by your love for one another, by your love for other Christians. Now, here's the thing. The Bible is clear that we're to show preference to other believers and their needs. So we show you mean take care of them first, as just like you would family. You take care of them first, and then outside of that. But but here here's the thing: the people on the outside are always looking for markers. They're all oh, this, and I wonder about this, and I wonder about that. Here's the problem: though the world sees quote Christians who have made a profession of faith 
who do not love one another. In fact, all they do is talk about people and bring them down and bust them up. And I mean, you know, and especially with technology the way it is today, I mean, we just crush each other online and and uh, call it a day, man. Get to bed. Don't even think about the fact that we just you know, just cut somebody down, uh, you know, in, horribly. Is if you believe then you will love other Christians, and that's how people are going to recognize you. That's going to be one of the markers. They're going to look and say, wow, that is a loving person toward other Christians. doesn't mean that we don't get upset and have to defend our positions at times, but it does mean that in the end of it, we're going to continue to love. I mean, look at this. I mean, in, in deacon, you know, where, where churches where there are deacons and deacon boards and all this kind of stuff like that, rather than us all sitting around a, a table fussing with one another, um, the, the, listen, arguments happen, but at the end of the day, at the end of that meeting, everyone has to know how much we love one another. You can have differing opinions. You're men. It's the way it happens. Okay. Men and women are going to have different opinions. Uh, moms and dads are going to have different opinions and husbands and wives have different opinions and, and brothers and sisters have different opinions. And so, I mean, it's just, it, it is going to happen, but do we love one another at the end of the day, at the end of the day, do we love one another and are we taking care of one another? And making sure that that each of us has what the other the other needs to get through life. And I'm going to tell you something, folks. It's it's so necessary and needed in this world, especially today, to see us loving one another, not compromising on morality, but loving one another. I can love you through some of the things you're doing wrong, and I'm going to pray for you, but not condoning and and uh, and and those kind of things. That's not love. That's not love. Condoning wrong behavior is not love. You're to correct wrong behavior. But at the same time, listen, we're talking about, you know, they're, the world's going to be watching us. Are we going to do all of these things in correction? Are we going to do them in love? And that's what a lot of people uh, have trouble with, especially myself, uh, because I want to handle things in the flesh. I want to handle things in the flesh. I see what all is going on in the nation. And the first thing I want to do is handle it in the flesh, which is not the way to do this. It is not the way at all to handle this. So, um, you know, it is my it is my hope and uh, prayer that I can be that kind of a Christian, that people can say, this and this guy is exceptional in the love category. He can he loves his fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, and he's going to do whatever he can to make sure that they're taken care of. And I just praise God for that. Second thing I want to look at today, uh, and, that, and again, we could spend an entire uh, entire afternoon if we wanted to, just talking about each one of these um, each one of these marks of a, of a Christian and a believer. If I believe. Um, I will follow his commands. It's John 14. I mean, John 14, 15. He says, if you love me, you'll follow my commands. And that's the thing, folks. It, it, he has uh, um, things that he's put into scripture, some you know moral principles. You say, well, Ryan, I don't, I'm not under the law anymore. No, it doesn't have anything to do with that. Okay, if you sum up the law and loving the Lord thy God with all the heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself, if if you sum it up like that, then you know those are his commands. Okay, are you loving people? Are you are you taking care of yourself? Are you loving the Lord with all of your heart and mind and strength? Are you are you uh, devoting your time to Him? Is it obvious to the Lord? Is the Lord gonna the Lord's gonna know where your heart is anyway? I mean, are you going to do that? Are you going to follow his commands? He's given you commands, moral commands that that still are, apply to us in the sense that you know they're they're we need to live more and more like Jesus and less and less like the world. Um, unfortunately, the world is 
The world's got a market on uh, behavior right now. We look on the news. I really don't think that this is a majority of the people who are destroying America. It's not. Uh, you got these few people that they've stuck in the middle of cities to wreak havoc on those cities. But the bottom line is we've got to we got to follow his commands and pray for these people that they'll come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Because if they get born again, wouldn't that be some kind of revival? That'd be the most incredible thing ever. And uh, I know there have been a couple of preachers beaten up in the middle of these crowds and stuff. But if you could get right there where you could preach to them, and there was nowhere they could go. That would be tremendous. Because man, they'd be listening to that and and hearing the word and getting saved, and we'd be loving on them. They'd be loving on on us. You know, just in in, in the fact that just you know. They'd be changed people, and 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 we would we'd be able to uh, we'd be able to uh, teach them about Jesus. And oh my goodness, you're talking about an autonomous zone in the middle of a city. If all of them started getting saved, the news would be uh, they would be panicking. Uh, the media would be panicking if if somehow in the midst of all that, people were instead of on their knees and some kind of fake guilt, they would they would uh, be on their knees before the living Christ and uh, asking forgiveness for our nation. And uh, asking forgiveness for our own personal failings, because you know the Bible says, "If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways," oh my goodness, it didn't say anything about those people who are in the autonomous zone. They're they're doing what their daddy told them to do. Um, we're just not doing what our daddy told us to do. So it's, you'll follow my commands. If you love me, you'll follow my commands. Are you following his commands? Are you trying to live more and more like Jesus every single day? And if you are, then praise God. That's part of the marks of a Christian. The third thing we're going to look at, if you believe, you'll act like he's alive. Right. What in the world do you mean by that? Well, this is fairly simple. This is a fairly simple process. Okay. You'll act as though. He's alive. Now, there's a guy who, um, you know, and I still haven't figured out whether or not he's a believer or not, but his name is Jordan Peterson. He's put out a, uh, and I know that when he's asked that, he doesn't like that particular question. And then he kind of twists it, you know, and turns it and says, this is what I, you know, this is where my faith. I think he's really, really close to be, being a believer if he's not. Um, but he says these words. He says, let me just answer that this way. I act as though there's a God. Problem is, most professing Christians do not act as though there's a God. Now, let me let me back up just a little bit. I don't know if that's most, but I do know that most professing professing Christians, not most Christians, most professing Christians do not live as though there is a God. Um, and what I mean by that is this: that you know, their life does not their life is not affected in any way. I mean, still watching the same things, still eating and drinking the same things, still exposed to a lot of the same things. And they are they they are uh, they they're not doing they're not acting as though um, he's alive. And what I mean by that is, you know, if God created the heavens, and the earth, if He created the entire universe, if He and it's not an if when He did that showed His power and that showed His might. And if you say you believe in God, then you know where He wants you to stand and what you ought to be doing. You know He wants you to love one another. You know He wants to follow His commands. So we deliberately don't do it. That's not acting like He's He's real because if you know He's real, then He is going to discipline you. Okay, if you if you get out of line, if you're his child, you say, well, I've never been disciplined. I, I, I can do what I want to when I want to. And God just keeps on blessing. Friend, let me promise you this. If he has not disciplined you because of poor behavior, then he you're not his child because he will chasten those he loves. He will do it. And if you've not ever been there, then folks, either something's building up in a big old in a big old mess bomb that's about to blow up on you, or you're not his child to begin with, because he will discipline you 
And uh, if you uh, if you if you get online, there's just all there's to it, and it's a good thing. It's a good thing. I can tell you this. Let me let me tell this story. I've told this story a few times uh, here at the church, but I'll tell this story. Um, you'll you'll act like he's alive. Let me let me tell you this. I, I sometimes I realize God is more alive than I ever did realize before when He is disciplining me. Um, one afternoon I had come home and I and uh, and I desperately wanted to uh, pressure wash some concrete. But the more I yanked on that cord of uh, that pressure washer, the more I realized it was going to be uh, stubborn and not crank. And, uh, and I was I was angry. I just let's just get it. I was angry and it was almost audible, folks. I mean, that's how deep and strong it was. It was almost audible. I am yanking on that cord. I zip that cord back down and I'm standing over it in a just almost audible voice said, do not kick that machine he said oh my goodness gracious the preacher would even think something like that no let me tell you something that came up do not kick this machine i went to pulling on that cord a few more times before you know what i read back and i kicked the fool out of that machine i mean it went to flipping and turning and all kinds of little contortions well anyway i went straight to the ground my back went out on me boom and i mean i was a young man and, and um i mean i was probably 30 32 i don't know somewhere right in there and I went straight to the ground, and all I knew at that time, I was, you know, construction, little small subcontracting thing that I would do, and and uh, make some money and things. But I mean, that's what I knew. I knew masonry, and and when I preached and I and I taught and things like that, it was, you know, it was on my own time and things, and and uh, so I mean, I didn't think much about it. But I mean, when I went down to the ground, uh, I didn't think about, you know, I didn't think about, you know, preaching and teaching as uh, as a profession. I thought about the the construction and masonry that I did as a profession, and realizing my back had gone slap out. I was laying on the patio um, down downstairs, around back, and just laying on concrete patio, and just could not move. And I, and this is what I did. I promise you, I promise you, folks. I, I sat there and I said, "You dummy, Ryan." And then I said, "Lord." I realize you told me not to, and I did anyway. And I just want to thank you that you love me so much that you went ahead and disciplined me while while it was going on. You didn't wait to do it. You got me right then. You, I heard your voice. I know I did, and I did it anyway. And I paid a price. Now, I got around. I was able to crawl around the house. Go inside the house. Lay. I was laying in the living room floor, and I said, Lord, I don't know what you got me planning to do. Okay. I can go into full-time ministry. I was doing the, you know, uh, sort of a bivocational thing in the sense that I would, you know, I'd teach and preach and things in different places, but really didn't have, you know, didn't have that uh, solid and permanent home. Um, but I said, if you want me to go into full-time ministry, you got to let me know. I said, but I can't, I can't move. I can't lay brick and block like this. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Please forgive me, Lord. And within two hours, it was as if it hadn't even happened. And I haven't had any trouble since. I mean, other than a little tweak here or there, but nothing, nothing like that day. But it was one of the, it was one of those things. I, you got to act like he's alive. You got to realize that he is alive and he is going to discipline you. Yet, when we go through some of that discipline, sometimes instead of being thankful for it, we are upset with God and we're like, "Why in the world did you let this happen?" You know? And he's like, "Wait a second. These are your choices that put you in this." 
But to act like he's alive, I'm gonna I'm gonna do what he would want me to do in these situations. I'm going to I'm gonna think like he would want to think in these situations. I wanna I wanna be devoted to him. I I wanna act like he's right next door praying for me. I wanna act like I can hear him through the wall praying for me on the other side of the wall. Isn't that cool? That cool analogy. I read that somewhere and I thought, man, that is incredible to think that he would be on the other side of the wall. Jesus is praying for you right now. What if you, what if you were able to walk into your bedroom and you heard on the other side of the wall, Jesus Christ praying fervently for you? You say, wow, that is crazy. Well, here's the thing. He is doing that right now. Not necessarily in the room right beside you. The Holy Spirit's all around you and in you. But, but here, here's the thing. Here's the, he, he is, he is wanting to, he is wanting to, uh, uh, pray for you and he is praying for you. It is a real thing. Act as if this is true. Act as though he's alive. Not like he's dead. He's alive, folks. And he wants to work and, uh, and love us. Praise the Lord. Uh, very, very exciting. Here, here's a, here, here's another thing. We can go on the, on the alive thing forever. But here's, here's another thing. If you believe you'll witness, if you believe you will witness, Folks, there are people who need Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Why aren't we telling them? Because here's the thing. If you actually loved a product, if you loved a product, I mean, let me, let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. Um, probably three years ago, about three years ago, I bought, um, I've been here at Mountain View for six. And um, th- about three years ago, I bought this electric, well, battery-operated uh, weed eater. And some of them are just terrible. Some of some of them are terrible. I mean, they really are just awful. Well, I bought what's called an ego ego um, weed eater with battery and all, and I can't remember if it's fifty six, fifty four, whatever it was. The battery was, but um, but anyway, here here's here's the thing. This thing is awesome because I'm gonna tell you something. You know, just like that um, pressure washer. You know, I nearly lose my religion sometimes trying to crank up my weed eater. Well, I got a lot of flack. You got a you got a battery operated weed eater. Blah 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 blah. You don't have this. I said, guys, here's the thing. Here's the thing. When you know your weaknesses, when you know, and this battery does last a long time. The other batteries that and, and companies that have them, I haven't heard any great reviews. Maybe they're wonderful ones. But this one that I have, and I'm not doing a commercial that they're paying me for, I promise you that. But this one that I have, I'm telling you, it 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 will rock and roll. It will go. But I got a, you know, got a lot of flack for for getting it. But here's the thing I told them. I said, guys, think about this. I can go out every time I need to weed eat, which is, you know, once a week or so, I need to go out there and get some spots and everything before I cut grass. I can I can come I, I can get one of those big high powered um, weed eaters which you need for some jobs. I could get one of those and uh, and 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 go to try to crank it every time and have a fit and sometimes it cranks sometimes it not cranks sometimes it loses my religion sometimes it don't blah blah blah. Um, or I can walk out of my door. I can walk out of my door and pull the stinking trigger and it start weed eating i mean I, I just don't even see a comparison i don't and it lasts you know 30 45 minutes you know the probably probably 40 minutes or so with a charge um and then if you have another battery you can just keep going all right so what i just do there basically a dang commercial for you know for weed eater i mean that's that's what i did and because i got excited about the doggone thing I, I was excited about about the weed eater well here we are witnessing look if you really love him you're going to tell people if you love your wife you're going to tell folks about your wife if you love your husband you can tell some folks about your husband and and then the amazing thing is we're sitting here you know we're, we're sitting here not saying anything and god's up there going well i wonder if i even matter
to them. He knows our hearts. Don't get me wrong. But we're not saying anything to anybody. We're not saying it. Every once in a while, we'll slip in a, we'll, we'll slip in something. But we're not telling them. We're not telling them about a savior who can save their souls. That's a doggone shame. We'll talk about a weed eater or a new car we got. My cousin just got him a, um, just as a toy because I mean he has he has a you know newer vehicles, but he has a toy. He went and got a two thousand Camaro just so he could teach his young son. How to, how to drive a stick shift. And I got all over him. I said, isn't a stick shift going the way of cursive writing? I mean, come on, man. What, what do we need a stick shift for anymore? And he's like, well, I'm going to teach him to do that. He's got to learn that before he's going to learn to uh, straight shift, I mean, to, to, uh, to ride, uh, to drive an automatic. And I said, well, okay, it sounds good to me. But I mean, I was, you know, at the same time, I was like, okay, that's what you want to do. But, um, but he can, he tells me about this car. He tells me all about, you know, what it can do, the horsepower, the fact that he's going to put a 600, uh, horsepower motor in it, that he's, I mean, he's fired up about this thing. And so here's the thing though. He, he is an unbeliever. He is not born again. And I want to, I want to get through to him. So how am I going to get through to my cousin? I love him so much. How am I going to get through to my cousin? I'm going to witness to him. I'm going to, I'm going to sell Jesus to him. And, and look, here's the thing, but I'm going to use the word of God. I'm not going to sell him like a used car salesman. I'm going to use the word of God. And hopefully the word of God will penetrate his heart and he'll be, he'll be, uh, he'll be born again. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. If you believe you will witness, and that's just the way it is. Here's the next thing, folks. Here's the next thing. If you believe in him, you will produce the fruit of the spirit. Oh, wow. Here we go. Here a bunch of them. Here a bunch of them. Oh my goodness gracious. You will have love and you will have joy. There will be joy exuding from you. You won't always be smiling, but folks, they'll know that deep down you've got a great joy about you. They'll say there's something different about you. There's something different about you, and I'm excited to know you. Love and joy. What about peace? In these times, how hard is it to show peace? They're going to know you by your fruit. You should be, even with the Bible teaches, you should be producing much fruit. That's John chapter 15. You should be producing much fruit, not just a little bit of fruit, but much fruit. Okay. Well, that means if you, you got to plant some good things, you got to plant some good things into your life. Um, I, I was just recently speaking to uh, a college uh, football team and I told them this, I said, guys, let me tell you something. Uh, and I have preached this before in the church and, and all and it's about that soil. It's about that soil, soil, not caring what you plant. Okay. Not caring what you plant, I, you you're either going to plant good things, or you're going to plant bad things. And look, I, I say this all the time, and and may have even mentioned it earlier, even in this episode. Who knows? But all I'm telling you is this: the soil doesn't care what you plant. It's going to give you back what you plant plus more. You're not just going to get back what you planted. You're going to get a hundredfold, thousandfold more than what you put in. So if you put negative things into your brain, you're going to get tons of negative out. If you put positive things in your brain, you're going to get tons of positive things out the 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 ground's just going to produce whatever you put in it you're going to get more back you put in uh you know five or six tomato seeds grow this little plant up and then it grows up to have several different uh tomatoes it gives you a hundred thousand fold and tomatoes that's what it's going to do but if you if you go out there folks if you into your life now speaking into your life if you go out there and you produce the the negative fruits out there you i mean just rotten old fruit they're going to know the tree is bad if that's all you can ever produce then they're going to know the tree is bad and, and so it's love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness gentleness self-control 
self-control, folks. Oh my goodness gracious, all of these things that are so, so prevalent in the real believer's life. And yes, we fail, but it ought to be those things that we are constantly, constantly moving toward and getting closer to Jesus and closer to walking like him. If you believe you'll love one another, you'll follow his commands, you'll, you'll act alive, you'll witness, you'll produce the fruit of the spirit, but not just produce the fruit of the spirit, but produce an incredible amount of fruit of the spirit. If you if you love Jesus and, and you believe, you'll be teachable. Oh, praise God. You'll be teachable. And what that means is you're not going to pretend you know it all. You're not going to pretend that you know it all in any shape or form or fashion because someone always knows more about their particular subject than you do, unless that happens to be your your gifting. Um, but there's always there are always things to learn. You're never going to know everything there is to know about a particular thing. You can learn, and that's the good thing about it, having a love for learning and maybe some teachers in school that taught you to have a love for learning. Okay? If you love the Lord, you're going to be teachable. So Luke chapter six says we're gonna we're gonna be able to learn from the Lord, and this is gonna be uh, this is gonna be a good time, folks. We want to make sure we want to make sure that we we don't ever get to the point where we think we know it all. That is ridiculous. When you hear people talking about the Bible, well, I already know about all that. I'm well versed, or blah blah blah. Well, that's all well and good. That's fine. But unless unless you're teachable, where somebody can come in and take that word and teach you its original meanings and teach you what it says and all of those good things. Then, uh, then it's futile. All right, here's here's another thing. If you love Jesus, and you and, and you're a believer, you're going to be a strong follower. A strong follower. Okay, Ryan, what do you mean by a strong follower? Well, it's really quite simple. Really quite simple. If uh, many times in the scripture, and and I and I love these times that I do get a chance to talk about this very thing. But many times in the scripture, people would be following Jesus, and Jesus would turn around and he would look at them and say, "Why are you following me? What is all of this about?" He didn't he didn't do the Instagram thing. Everybody wants so many subscriptions and so many this and so many that. Um, they they want they want listen. We want you to like our post. We want you to you know, and I, and I do post on on uh, Facebook. I do some of those, and and I don't get caught up in all that. You know, I want to know if nobody's watching because I can eliminate the videos if nobody's watching them. But I, I can tell you now that 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 when I say I'm a follower of Jesus, he says, "Why are you following me?" And and I'm not going to come up with lame excuses. I have to know what Jesus said to them. He says, "I don't even have a pillow to lay my head on sometimes at night." And you guys want to follow me. Are you sure you want to follow me? Because I'm telling you, it's going to be a hard road to hoe. It is going to be tough. And if you still want to follow me, then come on. We're going to make it and we're going to make something of it. So, I mean, it's it's super exciting to become a follower of Jesus. And I don't mean a follower like you do Instagram. We say, yes, I'm a follower. What does that mean? Okay, so in in a year or something, somebody gonna read off your name because you uh because you were a follower of Jesus. No, what it needs to be is your name written down in the Lamb's Book of Life, and it also needs to be okay. Are you following Him to death? Meaning, are you following Him to the point in your life where you're you're giving all that up in order to in order to serve Him? You're giving all the luxury of life in order to serve Him. That doesn't mean everything's gonna be gone from you. It doesn't mean in order to serve. Uh, in order to serve the Lord, that you've got to give up everything in your life. It may mean that, but it doesn't mean it doesn't necessarily mean that. Uh, you certainly can have uh, things in life and follow Him at the same time. So you're going to produce fruit. You're going to be you're going to be teacher, teachable. You're going to be uh, a follower, a true follower. Take up your cross daily and follow Me, is what He says. 
and uh, and that is that is incredible. You're also going to be you're also going to be a servant. You're also going to be a servant. And Jesus, when it, when it, when he begins to, uh, begins to talk and he, he's talking about serving one another, he says, "The greatest among you will be the other servant." Oh my goodness! You mean I've got in order to be great, I've got to serve others? Yes, yes, yes. You make a living by what you get. Okay, you make a life by what you give. That's an old saying, folks. And and, and here's the, here's the key to all of that. Here's the key to all that. We've got to deny ourselves and and pick up the cross. Luke Luke nine teaches us that twenty three twenty three through twenty seven, and it says this. It says you got to you got to uh, uh, you got to deny yourself. It says they who wish to follow me, they who wish to follow me should deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow me. Every day, every day, and I, I'm telling you, it, it matters. Okay, we've got to witness. We've got to be committed to God, peace with God, excitement with God. We've got to, we've got to love one another. We got to follow His commands. We got to live like He's alive. We got to witness. We got to produce fruit. We got to be teachable. We got to follow. We got to, we got to be a servant. We've got to be uh, a witness. We've got to uh, we got to take up our cross and follow Jesus. I mean, this is good stuff. How do I know? Because you, how do I know that I am? You'll know that you are by the things that you are doing outside of here. You'll know by the love for one another and the following the commands. All those things you'll know from the outside in, looking introspect into yourself and realizing, man, I've got, I've got, I've got so much to work on. That's so good. I'm glad you got so much to work on because so do I. And we're going to work on it together. Do you love one another? Are you following his commands? Are you denying yourself, picking up your cross and following him? Are you doing that? Are you witnessing? Are you, are you a servant? Are you, are any of those things? Are you those things? And and do you love one another or follow my commands? He's alive. All of those good things. I'm telling you guys, I am excited. I, you know, to, to no end. To know that we can we can rest assured at night that we are true believers by the by the response and by what we do. Now, granted, um, that you're saved by grace and by grace alone. But I'm telling you, this over here that we're talking about, this in that's in my hand right now. You can hear the paper right now. This this thing that we're talking about. This is about do you believe? Because if you believe, there will be action. Faith without works is dead. And folks, we don't want to live a dead faith. No matter what, we don't want to live a dead faith. We want to live for Christ. In the precious name of Jesus, let's pray. Lord Jesus, we love you and praise you and thank you, Lord, for all that you do, God. I thank you, Lord, for helping us believe. I thank you for bringing us up uh, in a nation that loves you, God. And I pray, God, we will continue to do that, that we will uh, that we'll do whatever we have to do, God, to protect this nation, Lord. And I just pray, God, in the name of Jesus, you'll strengthen us. Uh, Get us through this next week, Heavenly Father, and help us know and live the marks of a Christian. Help us to live the marks of a Christian because we desperately want to do it. Lord Jesus, we love you. We praise you. We thank you, God, for all that you do. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. See you guys next week or listen to uh, or I'll hear you guys or speak to you guys or something next week. See you. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for Veins of Gold a podcast of Mountain View Baptist Church. For information about our church and ministries, please visit our website, mvbaptist.org.